I hate when it says you're live. You're not really live yet. It doesn't start recording for like is it still 10 seconds. Still not recording? Still not oh, recording. mine says live. It says live, but it doesn't. Oh. There we go. Now we're officially, officially live. But welcome to their episode of the Music City Drive-In brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Vlera. On today's episode, we're continuing on with our countdown to the Oscars. Uh, today's conversation is going to be centered around the best actor and best actress categories. One of two is pretty much, you know, lock the key, throw it away. But the other one, I don't even know who's going to win anymore. I don't even know who I'm going to predict to win by the end of this episode whenever we talk about our predictions. As always, I'm joined by my co-host here, Jacob. How are you today, bud? Uh, I'm good. And yeah, you're right. Um, you don't know who's going to who we're going to predict, and then we don't know if in an hour and a half, if that prediction will change. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about these two. I'm excited for SAG tonight. I've got my Ted Lasso jersey on to support yeah. them for um, SAG Ensemble. So I'm just, tonight should be a good night. Yeah, I'm excited because I feel like the actress category can go a couple different ways and tonight could be really telling. So whenever I predict one person and then of course, Andrea Day wins tonight, and then it's like, oh, well, maybe she's probably the front runner again. But I don't know who the front runner is. I mean, I think our our guest this week, as always, joining us each and every week, I think Matthew Fox is in the lead right now for best actress. What do you what do you think, Jacob? I think, yeah, I think he's right. Hopefully his curse doesn't come on. <laughs> How are you doing today, Matthew Fox? <laughs> doing pretty good. It's uh, it was like it was a long work day. I've been <laughs> up since four forty-five. So, am yeah, yeah. It it is it is church Sunday on Easter. So I can't imagine what your entire day looked like. So I uh, thank you for coming on with us and joining us. And then on top of that, you get introduced as the next best actress. So it's I mean it's been such a long day. Maybe things have changed that much. <laughs> it really has. But potentially, who could win? Act, best actress, you know, maybe just on the show, but joining us from <laughs> next best picture, Nicole Ackman, how are you today? I'm good. I'm, I mean, I'm better now that, that I've got the news that I could be winning best actress. So. I think of us, I think of us four, you might have the best shot. You know, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I like how you only might have the best shot. I'm not going out too far on open. No, no, no. We can't, we can't, we can't fully give it yet. Yes. <laughs> only a 50% chance. Um, but Nicole, how are you today? Thank you for joining us for the first time. We appreciate you coming on with us. I'm so excited to be here and to talk about one race that I'm not sure what's happening in and one that I feel like we all have kind of the same idea of what's happening in, but I'm excited to talk about it. I am as well. And I think we're just going to go ahead and get the hard one out of the way. Um, I figured we'll just twist it up a little bit. We'll, we'll reel everybody in with the cool stuff. And then once I'll turn it off, whenever we were all like, yeah, who's going to win? Chadwick's going to win. So they just turn off. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, but, maybe 45 minutes in when we finally get done with the actress, they'll be like, Oh, I'll stay for the next two minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, our nominees for best actress are Viola Davis for my Rainey's black bonnet bottom, uh, Vanessa Kirby for pieces of a woman, Francis McDormand for Nomadland, Carrie Mulligan for promising young woman and Andre day for the, United States versus Billy Holiday. All right, uh, Nicole, I'm going to let you kick it off as a first-time guest here. I want your initial thoughts of the nominees. I am actually really happy with these nominees. This is one of those categories where 
any one of them could win and I would think it would be a really deserving win. Like there's nobody who could pull it out that I would be upset about. I think that they all gave really good work. I love to see this category looking a little bit more diverse, obviously. Uh, love to see some of my favorite performances of the year recognized. I'm very excited that Vanessa Kirby did get in there despite sort of things that she had working against her, uh, especially, you know, things that happened uh, with her film after it came out. And I honestly, this is maybe my favorite category of all of them uh, in terms of genuinely liking every single nominee. Yeah, I, I think they all gave really good performances. I, I saw somebody tweeted out and I was talking, I was thinking, I have not watched Pieces of a Woman again, okay? And for me, it's like, I can't get that first 30 minutes out of my head. It's so well acted. It's such just, it's intense. And the crazy thing for me was, is understanding after it was over, I wasn't 100% certain whether or not Vanessa Kirby had kids or not. So I, I didn't know. But knowing mm -hmm. she didn't have any kids, in my opinion, made it even more difficult to pull off because not having been through something like that, I mean, I obviously have not been through something like that either, but... <laughs> Not having been through something like that elevates the performance, in my opinion. And um, I do, too. And I'm very happy that she was nominated as well. She wasn't my favorite performance of the year, but she did fit in that top five. You really can't go wrong with any of these five. Uh, Fox, to you, any any quick thoughts on the category? Other than I know who you want to win, but. I mean, I think it's a good feel that it's probably not unexpected fields. Um, I was a little disappointed Rosamund Pike didn't make it. I was excited when she won at the Golden Globes. I thought that might be um, enough momentum to, to push her in, but it was just such a strong and crowded field this year. Somebody was going to get left out and ended up being her. Absolutely. So Jacob, I'm going to have you kick us off with um, who do you think could play spoiler <laughs> in this category actually you know what how about this how about you rank we're gonna do this we're gonna rank them in the order that we think they can win okay okay hmm. <laughs> you're welcome for throwing a curveball in the middle of being on the air how about the order we wish they would win well no we'll do that one later that's later who, okay. we, who we want oh, to win that'll, that'll be later. Easy. okay so in the order of what i think could win i think i still think kerry mulligan is the front runner, I think, um, you know, promising young woman had six nominations. Um, it's looking like, you know, it's not looking like a top two for best picture, but it is looking like a top four or five um, potentially is going to win screenplay. You know, Finnell got in for directing. Um, so I, I do still think she's the front runner after that. I'd have to say, I'd say Frances McDormand's probably second just because she's a two-time winner. Um, and, I mean, her film is just it, – it, it is the front runner. Um, I'd honestly say after that I'd probably go Vanessa Kirby um, just because I – Vanessa Kirby's been getting all the right nominations. She hasn't been getting the wins, but she has got – every nomination leading up to it. And I think she, I think her and Frances McDormand are the only two that got BAFTA, CCA, Golden Globe, uh, SAG, all like all of them. And so I'd have to put her up there. And then Viola Davis at four. Um, you know, I, I personally think she might've should have been supporting, but she was putting lead. She got in for lead. Um, and I still think 
any of those top four could get it. And then, of course, Andre Day at five. Um, you know, she's deserving to be in there, but I wouldn't. I'd say she's just happy to be there, honestly. Nicole, I'll let you kick it off next. One through five, how do you rank them? Who do you think could win to who do you think cannot? Okay, I have Carrie Mulligan at number one as well. I think that Carrie Mulligan has a little bit of a narrative of being overdue uh, because she's turned out consistently good work. I know a lot of people feel like she should have gotten in for wildlife recently. So I feel like they might see this as the yep. chance to reward her kind of for her career thus far. And, you know, like you were saying, there's a lot of hype around the film itself. The fact that Emerald Fennell got in for Best Director, I think, speaks really strongly to how much people like this movie. I also have Francis as my number two. I think with the fact that Nomadland is a front runner for Best Picture, you can't sort of discount her and what her chance is at winning that. And obviously, we know that they like her. I actually have my number I think I'm a little bit scared by the whole stat about the best picture winner, the best uh, actress winner coming from one of the Golden Globe actress winners, typically. And obviously, since unfortunately Rosamund Pike isn't nominated here, that would mean Andre Day. I think that a lot of people really like that performance. Uh, and it has been done before that an actress gets in for a good performance in a bad movie. Uh, looking at you, Renee Zellweger. So, <laughs> oh, well, it happened, it happened twice this year. So, yeah. So I think I like. I don't want to count her out. After that, I mean, I do think like it's a really tough race in terms of like who's three, four, and five. I have Viola as my number four. I think like she does also have a little bit of a narrative of of um, you know consistently good work over a number of years wanting to reward her for all of that and i think obviously people are definitely seeing that uh because of chadwick being in it then i have vanessa kirby at number five i think there were a lot of people who weren't even sure if she was going to get in the film had some stuff bringing it down uh because of shia labeouf and all of that i it's one of those that because you know Things didn't go sort of as planned with like Ellen Burstyn over the Ellen Burstyn over the course of the season. I think uh, maybe people aren't even seeing that movie as much as like I personally love Vanessa's performance. I also think she's going to have plenty of other chances to win, and people are going to recognize that. Yeah, I think for me, like obviously with Viola, for me, like if the movie wasn't named Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I yeah. think that she would be probably a shoe in to win supporting actress. Like I, I legitimately think there's no, because she's fantastic in the movie. Like fantastic. Mm -hmm. I, I loved her in the film, and I really feel like she would win supporting actress with no qualms about. It. Like there would just, I mean, because supporting actress is such a toss up. Um, I know, yeah, I know Jacob. I know that her too. <laughs> say that, but uh, I mean, I know back of us. You know, she's might might win. But, um, sorry, I hurt me to say that, but, um, <laughs> I do think that she would have been a lead uh, lock, lock in there. All right. Uh, Mr. Fox to you, sir, rank from, um, winning percentage from top to bottom. Well, first I would probably say, I don't know if it would surprise me if any of the five won. Um, it does feel pretty open because when you're talking about ranking from best chance to no chance i don't think there are any no chances but i have the same uh order as nicole i think pieces of a woman is not a, a film that's getting talked about a lot um vanessa kirby made it in 
but I, I would, in terms of most likely to win, I would have her at the bottom. And that sure seems like Ma Rainey's black bottom, aside from Chadwick Boseman has really faded down as we've gotten, you know, notably when it didn't get a best picture nomination, when it didn't get some of these other nominations, you start to feel that the momentum is swinging away. And I, you have to wonder a little bit if it's because there are so many of these films that came from Netflix that they just decided to throw in behind, you know, trying to decide what they wanted to push for. It seems like they were really pushing main card and it ends up with the most nominations are really pushing on trial. The Chicago seven Chadwick Boseman kind of sells himself a little bit, unfortunately, because of what happened to him. Uh, and so the fine performances from those ladies, but I think they're probably a tier below. The one that scares me the most is Audra Day. I would put probably at third, but you know, I did. Ha I never expected her to win at the Golden Globes when they called her name. <laughs> I was like, I had just seen her movie the day before, and I was like, that's two hours of my life I'll never get back. She's she's fine in it, but the movie is so bad. Yeah. Um, and then Frances McDormand, you know, she seems like she doesn't get talked about a lot, but she's always there. She's been in some exceptional movies. Um, you know, I think she's the one if they, if it, the rising tide that lifts all boats ends up being Nomadland winning best picture, she could get in there. But Carrie Mulligan was my favorite performance and I still think is the best in the category. Yeah, I think I would rank mine. I think I have Frances at three and I just have Andrea Day at two, which really kind of pains me to say that but I, I think that momentum's there and it's some of these movies came out at the right time Nomadland really planned it out really really well they were the first one to really shift that boat to that last month of the of the award cycle brilliantly so obviously they put it in front of the critics first and then kind of let it kind of unwind itself on the back half instead of what Judas and the Black Messiah which I think could have been a more predominant force in this award season if they would have rolled it out to the critics and that November, December range, and then let it come out afterward. We could have been, Judas could have been a, a big time player in a number of categories, including supporting actress, in my opinion, as well, because mm -hmm. I'm Fish, she was fantastic in the movie. But mm -hmm. for me, I, I think I rank at that. And then Francis, uh, Viola to me, like I, I would, I just love Viola. I think she's a phenomenal actress. But I think this is Carrie. I think Nicole touched on it perfectly because she has the, the other nominations, some other ones that she should have possibly been nominated for. People even think that she should have won possibly for NAD education over um, Sandra Bullock for the blind side. So <laughs> she's got the driving force behind her. And Carrie, it's, it's my favorite of the year too. It's one of the... It, and it's one of my favorite, like, I, of all time. You know what I mean? It's just the little things. I do think that Finnell really props her up very well throughout. You know what I mean? But the execution has to be there for Kelly. I, I can't – there's so many different roles you can see and you can point at. Like, who could have been in that and that would have been just as good? I don't know I can find too many people mm -hmm. that would have been just as good as Carrie Mulligan in that if I can't find anybody at all, right? You know, so for me, it, it's – I kind of rank them how in my head, and I'll switch over to preference. But I personally feel like Carrie Mulligan's going to win. It seems like it's a collective across the board, um, and there's really no reason to talk about spoiler because there's really Francis, there's really Andrea Day there. So there's it's really kind of a back and forth battle between those. But if we just go through Nicole, was Carrie's your favorite of the year? Yeah. Uh, Carrie is also one of my favorite actresses of all time. So like, I feel like I come into it with a bit of a bias anyways, <laughs> but 
Carrie definitely was my favorite. Yeah, it's it's just one of those performances that's kind of really groundbreaking, right? And it's just, mm-hmm. it just blows your mind. And, and it's just a spectacle. Um, I've seen the film five times and I just, I'm in love with it. Like I could watch it. The replay value of that movie is insane because you find little things after you watch every single time. Um, I just, yeah, like it's that film. Like I really wish it's not going to, I really wish it would win best picture. I think it would be awesome. I just think Mm -hmm. that it would, if it just cleaned house a little bit, you know what I mean? It, It not cleaned house totally, but you know, took picture, took screenplay, actress, like it's that film for me, you know what I mean? And I love it because honestly, like if we didn't have the COVID year, it probably wouldn't be nominated right now. You know what I mean? Like it would have been forgotten about back because it was supposed to come out in what, March, I think it was or whatever, March, mm-hmm. April, whatever it was. So yeah. I don't think we'd be even talking about it right now if it wasn't for COVID. So I'm excited. Um, and I perf- I think that's a perfect segue to talk about the actor race. Um, obviously, I think everybody here already, Chadwick's going to win, right? Everybody feels Chadwick's going to win, right? Okay. Yeah. So the question's going to be, who do we think is going to play spoiler? Okay. Obviously, our nominees were uh, Stephen Yoon from Minari, Gary Oldman, Mank, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Chadwick Boseman, Monterey's Black Bottom, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. Now, the first question I have to you, Nicole, is about this category. Matthew, you touched on it very well with saying there's so many Netflix films, okay? And obviously, there was a big outpouring of defense to Delroy Lindo. I personally feel, and I think a lot of people do, that the reason Delroy didn't get nominated and the reason they didn't push the five bloods was because of Ma Rainey. Like it's, it's 1000. They knew sadly, sadly knew as soon as Chadwick passed, they had the keys to the driver's seat of the best actor. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? I agree. And I also think obviously they were also pushing Mank yeah. and that paid off for them. And mm-hmm. like, as much as I hate to see the fact that it kind of seems like they threw over Delroy Lindo for Gary Oldman, uh, cause that would be an easy substitution for me. Uh, Same. I Same. think that's what happened. <laughs> it did. And then of course of like the, the movie, like with Mank, it was a play everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. With the five bloods. I mean, it could have been, could have been a play in multiple places, but it, it just wasn't like it came out at the, came out at the perfect time for what was going on, but the worst time for award season. Right. Like I really want it. Still, I'm not a Defy Bloods guy. I, I wasn't a big fan of it. I thought it was just okay. But Delroy's amazing in it. But I still want to see it in theaters. Like, I want to mm-hmm. see that movie in theaters. Yeah. I just, it really yeah. hurts me. I've, 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 been, I've been very adamant. And, of course, Matthew and uh, Ricky have heard me talk about it. But I think Defy Bloods is the movie that hurt the most from not being in theaters this year. Just because of kind of the sound design. Because the, the sound design, the sound mixing was not set up for a TV. Um, I don't care what sound bar, surround sound system you have. It was it was a very I loud I and a very out there kind of sound mixing. But yeah. I feel like in a theater, it would have worked insanely well. And I, again, I think in a nice, like, darkened theater, sitting next to a bunch of people after everything you've been through, just seeing, like, Delroy come through on, like, a 50 to 70-foot screen just like speaking right to you i think especially if you would have got like academy voters in in the theaters like seeing that that would have been like the like oh shit moment where they would have been like there's there's no chance Um, but isn't this going to be the drawback kind of of it it feels like 
obviously a lot of things came into our houses because of the pandemic, but also we were starting to see a shift toward, toward Netflix. This was a Netflix original film. They have these people under contract. They made a big deal when they're going into 2021 that they're going to roll a bunch more things out. I th- Do you wonder if we're going to start seeing some of these great films uh, great performances, sorry, getting lost because more and more of these these filmmakers and this talent is going to the streaming services and that's where it's going to be. Netflix only begrudgingly releases their Best Picture nominees into theaters once they've been nominated for Best Picture so that theaters can can display all the Best Picture nominees. We've seen that the last couple of years, some of these movies that we haven't seen, or they give them, you know, before the rules change, they give them a courtesy New York and L.A. premiere for a week and then put them back on the streaming service. They're trying to make money and to drive people to stay at home. Yeah. Well, I mean the like biggest difference, the biggest well, difference, I'm sorry, not to interrupt you, but the biggest difference with those, I think come award season is they still show those to the people on the big screen out in the big areas. Cause like even make make was a spectacle. Like they, they drew everybody out to the, uh, I think it was the Rose bowl. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And they drew, everybody went out there. They watched it on the big screen in the drive-in. They and that to me, that's pivotal for award season, right? So they can release them like at that time of the year. And I just think I, it just got lost in the shuffle. Like, like even Nicole, it's Mank. There's there was Ma Rainey's. There was you know just so much going on for them right then, and it just kind of hindered them. In the well, and June 2020 feels like an eternity mm. ago. Well, <laughs> it's yeah. It was five years ago. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I mean, like especially like what Ricky was saying. Netflix has always been, and you know, like Netflix, they've got issues with Regal and, well, not AMC, but with Regal about releasing the the Netflix films in theaters. But, you know, Netflix has always been very adamant about getting their films in theaters, whether it be art house theaters, AMCs. Ricky and I saw Mank in a theater. Yep. And, um, you know, it was right around. Right so. <laughs> it was uh, It was when they first opened up. It was right, you know. October ish. Um, and it just seemed like it seemed like they really missed a shot, especially when nothing was going back to theaters. They missed their shot to kind of put that back in, you know, smaller theaters and kind of give it that second push. Cause like you said, I mean, it came out in June that like that was an eternity ago, especially with everything that's been happening. The years felt like, you know, three or four. So but by the time season. you hit October and November, that's when they were releasing Mank and releasing Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and releasing some of these other movies. So I think by the time you even got in most places, theaters didn't reopen until deep into the fall and then reclosed again. I know here we were excited when they kind of opened after Labor Day and by the beginning of November, they had had to reclose because of the surge. Mm-hmm. I also feel like June was sort of that peak of time where people weren't really watching new stuff because they were just feeling so like overwhelmed. Like it felt like everyone was just rewatching sitcoms and things that they'd already seen. Whereas like by the time, time like truly by the time Mulready and Mank were coming out, people were like kind of over the emotional hump of like, okay, I can actually process new information now. Uh, and we're actually watching movies again that they had not seen before. Yeah. Whereas I, I think the, the Five Bloods kind of got lost. Times, so yeah, I was going to say back in gone, June, that's when Tiger, yeah. they were just, oh, look at this man and his tigers. I, I was just watching That's New when Girl. they got the last <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, wa- I was watching Schitt's Creek, so I like- I there, I feel like everyone was watching like Schitt's Creek, Tiger King, or New Girl. That was yeah. like, 
all I saw on Twitter in June, not to five blocks. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So Nicole question to you. Um, We're all locked in on Chadwick, but I want to know who you're locked in to play to potentially play spoiler here. There's only one right answer or I will quit. Oh, wait, I, I, I have like a very strong feeling about my like second and third answer are here. And I do okay. think the true spoiler is Anthony Hopkins. I don't see how anyone could see that movie and not think that particularly also given, and like, I hate to say this, but with his age, it's unlikely he'll ever give a performance of this caliber or like have the opportunity to do so in a movie that's going to be Oscar nominated again, if that makes sense. Uh, Not trying to like say anything (laughs) morbid, (laughs) but I think- He's making Thor right now, you know what I mean? Like he moved on from the father to Thor. Exactly, exactly. And I think too, like they obviously like him for if you look at his nominations in the past. Uh, So I think like not only would he have a great shot just because of who he is, but I also have to say like, it is my personal favorite performance of the year. Uh, I think it's 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 one that I think about regularly and that I still find very haunting. I also know that like I was very personally affected because I watched it only a couple of months after my grandfather passed uh, who had dementia. And so it absolutely floored me. But I really do think that it's a film that, you know, will resonate with a lot of Academy people. Uh, and if you see it, the performance is kind of undeniable. I agree. Yeah, I, I, well, I'll, I'll go on my the father tangent in a minute, but I'll let Matthew <laughs> Fox go next first because I have a strong love for the father that I don't. Yeah, I drive the bus. So, Mr. Fox, to you. Anybody who you think can play spoiler? I mean, Anthony Hopkins not a bad choice was a an incredible nomination. Um, but if I was looking at somebody else in the field, maybe Stephen Yun, um, because of what his film represents and because of what's happening in our country right now. Um, we have seen in the past that Academy voters are not um, immune to getting caught up in, in what's happening. And it's obviously a very tough, tough moment in our country. And um, I know there was, there has been a lot of big push talking about a, a Minari being such an American story, especially after how the golden globes chose to classify it. Um, and I could see that, you know, helping to, to lift him up in that category as well. Jacob, who I know you are not, uh, you think somebody else is a potential spoiler to this category. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go um, and kind of the same thing with Hopkins where I feel like the father massively overperformed. I think Sound of Metal overperformed. And I think Riz Ahmed is right up there. Um, what? Performed. Yeah, it overperformed. Are you kidding me? They waited till like March 32nd to release the movie. Hey, hey. <laughs> but the people that needed to see it had it in front of their eyes. That's all that matters. <laughs> Nicole and I are just what. glad that we could be here for this last episode for the two of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was, the problem was is it should have been nominated for director. It should have been. And there's probably two or three nom- other nominations that I could throw it in. That is where where really it underperformed. But I'll let you finish having the floor. Hey, I'm rooting for it to I win quit, screenplay. Before I quit my own podcast in front of Matthew Fox. I'm rooting for it to win screenplay. Um, I'm going to mute myself so that I can't talk while you talk. For but you. no, I, I uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go Ahmed. I think his was just, I think that was just such a powerful performance. And I think, um, you know, and I think 
Hopkins with his age. I think kind of everyone had something going with their performance. And I think Ahmed was, you know, he had to learn sign language and he had to kind of ingrain himself in that world of, um, you know, the American sign language uh, people. Um, And I think, you know, I think that's something that, you know, people will see that and they'll understand the difficulties that it probably took for him to learn that. Um, plus, I mean, overall, it just is such a great performance and it's such a good movie. Um, so I think I think he definitely could be a potential spoiler. He's like my strong number three. I feel <laughs> like it feels to me like there's a very strong hierarchy there with like either him or Anthony Hopkins being a runner up. And I will say like... Uh, I know people in SAG and all of them, all they do is like rant about how great he is in that movie, uh, mm. which makes me think that, you know, people are definitely seeing it, uh, which is good. Like, I, I think it's a fantastic performance. And, and like you said, like he learned sign language, he does all the drumming. He uh, obviously like, it seems like he did a lot of bulking up for the, mm-hmm. for the role. So I think that a lot of preparation very obviously went into it. And we, we know that the Academy likes that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, well, I mean, okay. So uh, one more thing I want to say is everyone, I know we all would have wanted Delroy in there and I know Ricky's going to say no, but I truly, I do think Gary Oldman gave a good performance. I'm not going to say like he should have been in, but I do think he, I don't hate that he's in there. I think this is better than his darkest hour performance at least. (laughs) Um, but I just had to get that out there because I know it was going to make him mad. <laughs> okay. So I here. think that we as a society should have, have moved past the need to nominate Gary Oldman. For oh, I, I agree actor. completely. <laughs> I agree completely. And, and it's not that it's like a terrible performance, although it's not a performance that I have any love for at all. But I just kind of feel like we keep nominating him for performances that like no one was surprised that he could do that. And he's taking up room. That we could have given to Delroy Lindo, we could have given to Matt. He walked around like a bumbling drunk. That's all. Exactly. What I I hear is is happening is in a month, a bunch of us are going to gather sadly and try to figure out where it went wrong. Two-time Academy Award winner Gary Oldman. (laughs) What he should have won for serious. The thirty. The thirty for thirty. (laughs) The thirty for thirty. How Gary Oldman ended up winning the Oscar over Riz Ahmed. (laughs) I will riot. I will yeah. actually riot if you win. <laughs> you I, I knew no one was going to talk about him. I had to bring him up. <laughs> well, all right. So I don't even know where to begin off. This is just blasphemy that I let Jacob talk <laughs> about. First off, there's three phenomenal performances in this category. Three phenomenal. Nothing against Stephen Yoon. I thought he was good in Minari, but I think he was overshadowed by literally everybody else in the movie and it's nothing against him i just feel like there's other performances from the year that i really enjoyed a lot more i I, especially delroy and again not a fan of the five bloods but i would have easily had delroy in there but riz ahmed's performance is mind-blowing i did i grew up with a sister that was deaf and actually it's oddly enough over the course of the last three months she's actually gotten one of the cochlear implants in her ear and for the first time in her 40 years of being alive, she can actually hear things. And actually, I can have a conversation with my sister. So growing up, I understand the depths of that performance. Riz Ahmed gave my second favorite performance of the year behind. I'll talk about it in a minute. I love Chadwick. I, I thought his performance was like, I, it brought me to tears. And if this would have been a year where he was nominated and he hadn't passed, I don't think he's the front runner. 
And it's not taking away from his performance. It's not. I promise anybody listening, I'm not taking away from Chadwick. I just think that he got a little extra bump because of that. And it's, and it's again, it's not because the performance is not good. I said this to Jacob prior to seeing it. I said, I just want it to be good. I don't want him to win because he passed. And then I watched it and I was like, okay, I'm okay. He's going to win and I'm okay. But for me, hands down, it's Anthony Hopkins. I've seen the father five times. I have, I'm blown away by it. I, I don't really, like it, it hunts me. The film still, hunt, the final moments of that film still hunt me. I can hear him in my head right now screaming mommy. Like I can hear that right now. And just the film is just, it's mesmerizing. It's beautiful on so many different layers. And and uh, I appreciate it so much. It's like the perfect, it's art. It's it's what it is. Like what Florian Zeller did with the film when it's with the, with the creative writing, with the creative production design, the creative changing of the, of the scenery around him. Like it's just, it's magical. Like, you know what I mean? Like I really, I understand he's not going to win. Okay, I know that. I, I've come to terms with that. I came to terms with that, like you know, after I saw it. You know, I saw it at AFI Fest, and it floored me, and and I was heartbroken. And I I literally asked them. I was like, Hey, can I get an extension on this? I need to watch this again. And I did, and I, I watched it twice in a twenty four hour period. Yes, I like damage. I, I'm, a, I'm a, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I put myself through that, you know. But it, it's and actually actually Chadwick gave my fourth favorite performance of the year. Winston Duke gave my third. But that doesn't really count because nine days is okay, he'll uh, he'll get he'll get the nom next year. Coming, I really hope he does because nine days is so good. Um, but Anthony Hopkins, I, I just I asked this one thing. I wrote this in my article. I'm going to say this a thousand times. If for some reason that we hear his name on Oscar night before we get any outrage, please watch the food. Please watch the movie. Okay, I'm not saying that Chadwick doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying watch the movie that's all i ask you know what i mean and honestly like if we heard if i heard risen that i'd be very happy too but i love the father i'll never stop talking about the father for the rest of my life just because and if gary oldman ever gets brought up about that terrible film every i'm dreading that i have to rewatch it i rewatch all the best pictures every year and it got nominated for best picture and i'm really upset because at some point between now and april 25th i have to watch that movie again i saw that movie with jacob in a theater on Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving. And it's in those uncomfortable seats, old yep. style movie theater. Yep. It's a nine hour movie. And we came out and I said, that was terrible. And I look over at Jacob and he goes, I loved it. And that was <laughs> Dead serious. That's Wait, exactly he said, he that said, audio, That is the ad for the podcast. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, Amanda did nothing for me. And I said, She's getting nominated for the Oscar. <laughs> and I was like, all Gary Oldman does for two and a half hours is just mumble. Like, for me, my biggest problem with Meg, there's nothing to like about the movie. Nothing. Like, there's no redeemingly good things to really be like, I need to cling on to this for two hours outside of the score, which I personally feel like that score is better than Soul Score, but I'm not even going to debate that conversation today. I am not as big in, on Soul as everybody else is either, but that's a side point. That's animated. Like, there's no good animated movies that came out there. Like, give SpongeBob best animated movie from last year. Or Scoob. Give me Scoob. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a Wolfwalker oh stan, so I'm sitting here oh. right now. Like, I will fight you. I, but... got, I got the Wolfwalkers right behind me. I, okay, there I, we go. Okay. I saw that. I, I like Wolfwalkers. 
I think I like Solo. I don't. Last year was not a great year for Amnate. Like Wolf, I want to revisit Wolf Walkers at some point. I saw that at AFI. I think I was just really tired because you see like mm-hmm. 500 films. But um, yeah, I think I'm done ranting for now. Also, Gary Oldman sucked in May, so there's. That. <laughs> but um, you know, Getting some strong Ebert and Siskel and Ebert vibes going on right now <laughs> up there. Like guys are about to have a thumb war. <laughs> Over over the Zoom. Oh, man. <laughs> no, but I, in the same vein of what Ricky was saying, where, like, if someone else's name gets called, I really hope that, like, a lot of people who don't usually watch the things, I hope when they – well, okay, I won't say when. I hope if they do hear Chadwick Boseman's name called, it's not a, yeah. you know, he won because he passed. Because, if, if again, if you go watch the film, it is a very – good performance and you know this this kind of best actor race reminds me um of course i this was 20 years before i was born but 1977 you know when you had peter finch then you had sylvester stallone for the you know the rocky like the best picture winner and then you had robert de niro for taxi driver where it's like those two performances have transcended time and then peter finch won you know after he passed for network and i feel like this is a lot of the same thing where I, I hope like 20 years down the line, it's not a, you know, how did he beat those two? It's well, he, you know, he won because he gave a truly great performance, you know, and yes, him passing might have shifted the needle a little bit, um, you know, in that little vein because he never will get that chance again, but it really was a truly great performance. It's very good. All right, so before we go, um, I don't remember what I was going to say. Because turns out there was more dissension about the best actor race, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It was. (laughs) Our 10-minute conversation about the best actress was not the best part of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, the sad sad part was the five minutes where we all resign ourselves to uh, Andre Day winning. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah, that was that's that's great. I uh, I'm excited. I'm actually really genuinely excited for this award season to be over. Um, yeah. But the downside is like it's because it's been going on since last October. I'm so I'm so far into next year's already. Like yep. We literally it's May. It's the season ends. It's May first, mm-hmm. and then like we're really back in it September. You know what yep. I mean? Like it's it's really we blink and well, there's about two. Ricky's got to start his campaign for Fast Nine Best Picture. <laughs> yes, you I know, like damn today, right I do. April twenty fifth. At 11 1 p.m. No, no, actually, I'm gonna wait till fast 10 because it's supposed <laughs> to be the final one. Fast so 10. I'm saving my I need I need Vin Diesel to get nominated because of the history be- behind it's just like you know, I need the best picture. You remember how Avengers got the uh or no Avengers didn't get the best picture nominated. Black Panther. Damn, Avengers didn't get shit. All right, so we need to look up for the Avengers Endgame. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Just got a lot of money. No. Compare it to Lord of the Rings. No, do not compare it to that hunk of garbage. (laughs) Okay, no. So Fast 10 needs to be nominated for Best Picture because of just all of that. Come on. You you literally spent ten films listening to Vin Diesel it's gonna mumble. <laughs> Vin Diesel's gonna be dumb to racing on the streets when he's ninety five. I don't have friends. So I, I am excited for uh, Vin Diesel to get his uh, his best original song nomination for Fast Ten. Like seriously, think Is about he this. singing like, a song for Fast Ten. I, I hope he, he does. Please do a best original song with like Ludacris and him. And then, <laughs> oh, please. let's no. Then we could put Paul Walker on the track. 
to for sure oh get a nomination. This is how we're doing it. I Who can't tell Universal. if you're being serious. Universal, call me, please. The <laughs> Rock can sing, so Are they let's just make Academy Fast 10 into a musical. Let's do yeah. it! If yes. The Rock ever hopes to get an Academy Award, he should never let anyone ever see Young Rock. He should be buying the <laughs> copies back from NBC and burning them in an underground right now. He's doing it. He's doing it to run for president soon. So he's letting everyone know. He's how cool not going to get elected if anyone sees that. Show. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right. So Vin, call me, man. Like we've got this. Like we don't have friends. We're family. You know what I mean? Like come on. Like you know what I mean? Let's just. All right, I'm off. Uh, Man, you guys got me all excited. I'm excited. How many more watching. secret siblings can they find for <laughs> Dude, Paul yeah, Walker's coming turn... back, baby. He's coming back. And then oh John Cena's going to be You know what one? the best you know part what? of the John trailer Cena's for Fast Time is when they say that John Cena is Vin Diesel's brother. The look on Jordana Brewster's character's face. Look, <gasps> he'd be your brother, too. <laughs> What? Uh, I'm so excited. I've been re-watching all of these movies, Nicole, just because obviously uh, I had a Fast 9 because I'm going to re-rank them. And I've been very, very excited. Also, question for you before we go. This poll question didn't go as, as it should. Who would you take in a battle, okay? Would you rather have the Fast and the Furious queue or would you rather have the Avengers? Who would win? Okay, I was like, what? define the parameters of this question. Like, who would win or like... Yes, who's gonna, <laughs> who would win this battle between these behemoth monsters? Well, yeah. okay, if we think about it, Idris Elba in Hobbs and Shaw was basically Superman. Exactly. Think about so we've got we forgot we forgot about him. They have a Dominic Toretta. <laughs> the Avengers have a Hulk. I mean, yeah. you can't be serious with this. Dominic Toretta would destroy the Hulk. Have you ever seen oh, him fight? No. I'm totally kidding. Um, but I'm yeah, kidding. I'm I'm gonna put my money on the Avengers. Captain America. <laughs> I mean, I, unless I they left Hawkeye by himself. Hawkeye's the worst Avenger. That's what I said. I thought, unless okay. they left Hawkeye by himself. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I think I think Wanda can uh can do anything. So oh, man. Thor. I'm yeah. Really, do you realize you, I know that the <laughs> adage is that nobody can pick up Thor's hammer other than Captain America, but I guarantee you Dominic Toretto could pick up Thor's hammer. <laughs> Well, that's what steroids for a lifetime will do for you. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm done here. I'm sorry, guys. All right, Nicole. <laughs> I could talk about the Fast and Furious franchise for hours right now. Nicole's uh, laughing in her head. She's like, I'm never coming back on the show. <laughs> no, no. no, I literally Wait, we talked thinking, about like, if, if, if maybe this conversation would go differently for me if I was not so far into my Marvel phase right now because like I thought I was out of it and then like WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter mm -hmm. Soldier happened and I was like oh no this is who I am all right yeah. I'll just accept it like <laughs> fun fact I've only ever seen the first three episodes of WandaVision and only saw the first episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier he um, watched the rest of them on Twitter I did watch the rest of WandaVision <laughs> on Twitter I did yes <laughs> but not to go on another tangent before we go here what is up with the Twitter mute button does it ever work like I literally no, have muted nope. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier in so many. I've I've muted. I haven't muted the yet. I might need to, but <laughs> but like Falcon, it, it pops up. So you know how you like whenever you tweet the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and like the little emoji pops up at the end of it. You can't you can't mute that. So it, even if you if you tweet the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and you mute that whole entire thing, the little emoji at the end does not get muted. So that still pops up in your timeline. Also, you're just obviously following too many cool people. 
<laughs> there it is. I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna start unfollowing people, but um... I'll miss you. There I go. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole's like, well, <laughs> it's been real. It's been nice. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I don't know. Well, the Batman's coming out next year. Thank God that. You know what? Before we go, thankfully they moved that to like March, so that we don't have to listen to the whole. Robert Pattinson's going to be nominated for Best Actor in Batman. I'm so glad I don't have to hear about that anymore. Except for whenever the people that watch it and they're like, it's it's okay. And then Robert... And they're oh. like, he got COVID for this. Yeah. <laughs> and we all Give got COVID of the eyes for watching it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Before we go here, Nicole, give us some plugs. Where can we find your work? Where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, pretty much everywhere, at Nicole Ackman 16 I've got a link tree in my Twitter bio so that you can find all the different places that you can find my writing. But mostly, I write and podcast over at Next Best Picture. I'm also like all over the place in their own league, Culture S, FF2 Media, sometimes Broadway World Raleigh. Uh, so yeah, but the best, the best place is just to go to my Twitter because I probably tweet an annoying amount about the things that I've written there. <laughs> same uh fox where can we find you on twitter man i'm at nighthawk7734 and if you need more falcon in the winter hot stove uh matt bruning and i will be hitting it after we complete uh, a few more picks in our mock draft tomorrow on the fantasy football roundtable i love it i love it um jacob can be found on twitter at tberry57 i can be found on twitter at <laughs> underscore you can follow the show <laughs> At MCDI Pod, head over to the musiccitydriving.com to find out all of our latest articles and reviews. Thank you so much for listening to another episode, and we'll be back next week. I can't wait to start doing the live shows so 